Hello, this is Pastor Jill Bergman from First Lutheran Church in Columbia Heights, Minnesota. I welcome you to our Advent series where we will dive into the Psalms, seeking ancient wisdom as we prepare to once again welcome Jesus into our world. Welcome to First Lutheran Church's podcast of the Psalms. This is Randy, and I am going to be reading to you from Psalm 2 today and talking to you about Psalm 2 in this podcast. Psalm 2, God promises the anointed. Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, and the Lord has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in God's wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear, with trembling, kiss his feet, and he will be angry, and you will perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. I'm going to read this again. Serve the Lord with fear, with trembling, kiss his feet, or God will be angry, And you will perish in the way, for God's wrath is quickly kindled. Happy are all who take refuge in the Lord. This is the word of God. So if you listen to the first podcast, um, I did talk about how Psalm 1 and 2 are often in tradition, in rabbinical tradition, considered one psalm. When we, they broke them up into two psalms, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that, is in the first psalm, you have happy are those who follow the advice of the wicked, and you have a very individualistic way to God's way of prosperity uh, to the straight path. And again, prosperity, not as we know it as human beings, winning the lottery or making great wealth and having, um, in biblical times, many oxen and wives, but prosperity in terms of, a, of the joyful life, the blessed life, the family life that brings true joy and longevity, not just in this life, but the one to come. Um, so Psalm 1 gets very individualistic. Psalm 2 now is communal. And so now in Psalm 2, why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain is the question. Why do the nations conspire? The people, the nation often is a similar word for peoples in a community. Sometimes, um, and even this Hebrew word can get at the Gentiles, um, and sometimes it does get translated that way, fairly or unfairly debatable, right? But why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves in the rule. Rulers take counsel together against the Lord and the anointed. So what are they conspiring about? Well, they're conspiring against the people who are 
um, who, who are trying to follow the Lord's way and they're conspiring against the Lord because they don't like the Lord's way. See, so this is what's so interesting is that Psalm 2 um, acknowledges that those who are trying to uh, live the straight and narrow life, I know that you can, sometimes you get that Johnny Cash song, right, to walk the line, um, you know, um, they're trying to live this life, want to, um, you know, cause other people distress and often make people angry because they, um, that's not the life that they want to live. And, um, and, and then especially if they're, they're prospering, um, in that life, sometimes in the way that maybe on earth, um, we can see prosperity, um, happen just from what some might say, just from doing the right thing that we kind of know that that's a way to, to, to live, um, that will keep us from, from doing things that, um, make us less prosperous, you know, um, that, that, that now we get into the point of, well, actually, uh, people, uh, nations, rulers, um, that don't live by God's law and rules, um, might want to, uh, to, to sabotage that type of lifestyle. And so, um, and and so and and so this is part of that being a belonging in in the family of God. Uh, another thought here is that just like Job, because remember the, the book right before here is Job. Job had lots of advice from his friends and the community to go against God because Job was suffering unfairly in their eyes, right? Not in God's eyes, but in the community's eyes. Job shouldn't suffer. He's been living the life. But remember, there's a difference here is that we have Psalm 1 and 2 coming at us with a different way of looking at prosperity. And we also are talking about at the end, serve the Lord with fear and trembling, kiss God's feet, or he will be angry and you will perish in the way for God's wrath is quickly kindled. But then the very last sentence, happy are all those who take refuge in God. And as we go through the Psalms, watch for that theme of what makes us happy, blessed, prosperous by taking refuge in the Lord, taking refuge in the salvation given to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, interesting enough, here's that word again, that asher in Hebrew that means prosperous, but not the baruch. Baruch means blessed in a very earthly way, just like the earth was created. Um, I, 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 I can't separate in my mind Brashit from Brook, because Brashit is the beginning, beginning in Genesis, the earth is created. Here's the earth. But now we have Asher, a different word, but means often the same things, but it has to do with making a straight way and a way to blessing and um, we can call it happiness, but we don't like, I don't like the word happy, um, as many of us don't um, in English to describe this Hebrew word. But we end with that same idea, that, that sentence, that last sentence says, happy are all those who take refuge in God. In Psalm 2, in Psalm 1, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit at the seat of the scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law they meditate day and night. Notice that Psalm 1, that first sentence, um, there's, there's a few things, taking the path, um, sitting at the seat, and, um, and, and, and then finding delight in God's, uh, 
law or the word of God um, and the teachings of God. So what we have now is, um, is, is a complete, a complete um, wisdom literature. The wisdom of Psalm 1 and 2 often is described as the moral teachings of, of, of following God, the morality of God. If you want to go to, um, to Psalm 23, you can see what the life of God is about, often taught as in Psalm 23, and that's for somebody else to do later. But they can, you can say that that's an entire person's life living um, in God in the world, not just with God, but, but living in the world and then reflecting on Psalm one is the moral teachings of how we live in the world with God or for God or to follow God's path to be blessed. And, and by doing so, we're going to be happy. <laughs> and that's, a, that, and, and I even laugh because even within Psalm two, you can see that, I, that, um, that God is, also is laughing um, because he who sits in the heavens laughs. This is verse four in Psalm two. The Lord has them in derision. Um, then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in fear and saying. So it's like, here we go. God is actually kind of laughing at humanity um, saying, look at what you're doing. You're running around and this, and it's ridiculous. And, but not humanity per se, but the rulers, the rulers is what God is laughing at. And that is extremely offensive. I'm sure to rulers who are in the position where they want to be God. I mean, when they were in their, in their job or in their role, they that term "play God" is a lot is part of what their role is, especially um, when there aren't checks and balances on rulers, and they can they have even decisions of people's lives and deaths, right? So, um, so, so then what? What God is gonna? What? What God is is what the word here is saying for God is. Um, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. In verse seven, and this is the most poignant foreshadowing of the baptism of Jesus that we have in the Old Testament and in the wisdom literature. And so this is where really I can only find so much um, enthusiasm, as you may have heard here, and and love for how Scripture is and the story of God is connected in Scripture, is that the decree of the Lord, what the Lord is saying to all the rulers and all the principalities and all the sinners and the evil of the world is, here is my begotten son. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession in Christ. And, but in the teachings of the church, in the teachings of Christ. Now, dangerous, of course, because the church has gone astray many times um, when we talk about the church, capital C, uh, throughout history, the true teachings. And I like to get back to the, the point here is that um, what is the true teachings? And that's probably a, a harder thing for us to meditate on this day is um, what is the truth that the Bible teaches that God is teaching us and that we can follow to have a blessed life in Christ. Uh, let me just add now a little commentary is that, um, is that 
it's what we're setting our hearts and minds on. Um, here, are we setting them on the things of the earth, the things that are material? Um, you will find, and and then are we like that shaft that that just gets blown in the wind? Anything material that man has made will only be. Uh, eventually destroyed or um, broken or will not last, but that which God has um, has made is forever. Uh, and so, humans in our in our feeble abilities, we're we're pretty good at making things that don't last. And some people make things that don't last that kind of are designed to break. So we have to go buy another thing um, that will um, will not last, but maybe serve a short term purpose. Uh, but then if you are looking for eternity or if you're looking for things that are permanent and for a permanence of joy and peace and happiness, hope and love, that is where the only place to turn is to God and the God, the Lord um, that we know of the uh, Old Testament and the New Testament and the Lord that we we as Lutherans follow in Jesus Christ uh, is really where you find that that permanence um, and and again here we we, 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 we all struggle um, to keep our minds our hearts our meditations on the things above the things that really matter to us and so today as you meditate with me thank you for listening to me ramble about psalm 1 and 2 and how they really are one psalm and how they the connection to job is so important that it's just right after the book of job and there's so much richness in there but what i really hope today you you uh, leave with is setting your heart back to God, giving your life back to Jesus, giving your hopes and your dreams and, and love for the church to yourself, your family, if your children um, or the children of God, and that there you will find great joy and great peace and great blessing. So let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the psalm, the psalmster, and the writing, the inspiration behind Psalm 1 and 2. We thank you for the blessings that you have given us that are here of this earth and the blessings that are of your kingdom to come. We pray that you help our hearts and our minds focus more on the life eternal, on that which you want for us, for the places we work, the places we live, the families we are part of, to be more in tune and in harmony with the kingdom of God that we know through Jesus Christ, rather than that of humankind, which, can, which will only perish and often leads to destruction. Lord, we thank you for this time together in your, in your, in your word and in prayer. Amen.